0: It's Vincent Jones, aka Citizen Jones, here with another episode of Quarantine and Chill, a daily podcast where we talk to LGBTQ people from around the world, learning more about their story and how they are experiencing the coronavirus pandemic, or what I frequently call the zombie apocalypse. So grab a drink with or without alcohol and tag a few friends on the socials to join you for this Kiki. And let's Queer and teen and chill, you know you can't go nowhere, hell no. Hello there, Reggie and DC. How are you
1: doing this afternoon?
2: Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. Where are you
1: from originally? Because you're not from DC, right?
2: I'm not from DC. I am from Wichita Falls, Texas. Oh. Have you ever
1: been to the handle of Texas, uh, North Texas? I, uh, let me see. I have. Been, I once did a road trip um, from LA to to New York, and I went through Texas. I have family there, and I suddenly visit my family, and I drove. I think I got to really appreciate how big Texas is. So I went from El Paso to Austin, and I was like, "I'm still driving. I'm You're still driving.
0: driving. I'm yeah. still driving."
1: And there was nothing on to the left of me, nothing to the right of me. So tell us a little bit about Wichita Falls, Texas, and especially what was the queer life like there for you?
2: Um, well, I wasn't out then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Wichita Falls is, is a really lovely place. Um, it is nicknamed the, um, the city that Faith built. Um, you know, it emerged at the turn of the century, the 20th century, uh, because of the oil boom of, in that part of the country. Um, okay. it had been a relatively small town before that. Um, mm-hmm. but it is, a, a um, there wasn't a heavy, uh, queer population though. And so, you know, I think growing up, uh, and I think for most of us, you, you, you don't quite know how you're going to um, be accepted if you decide to fully embrace yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I know for me, you know, growing up there as, as a, young black man as someone with a disability um a lot going on and, and the one thing i didn't the one thing i was afraid of doing is sort of uh, adding another element to that but you know as, as you know um as uh baldwin says uh you know, being black and queer was um i'm paraphrasing here but uh you know he he felt like he hit the lottery um yeah. and feel that way now but i do think that you have to um Go on a journey of self reflection and owning your own queerness means that you have to be contemplative about it and mm-hmm. that you have to um, find and chart your own path. Um, no one's going to give you a rule book. So, no. uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I was um, very active in student, um, student
1: body politics. Uh, I well, before we academy. get into more about you, because I definitely want to go into more of that journey. Um, okay. But but but, uh, but, uh, but I like to always start off first to kind of give people a flavor for a place. because I think that we tend to think of certain places as being um, gay meccas or gay hubs, which we know all about, like San Francisco and New York and L.A. and places around the world. But we don't really know a lot about the kind of the queer life in a lot of the smaller towns around the world. I, yeah. I'm always interested to be able to help to share that part of the story. And I would love that you can share this, like, what is the, if there's, to the extent that there's any queer life now in Wichita Falls, as you're aware of, what's it like now? Are there other gay bars? Are there organizations? What's it the, the like there now?
2: Yeah, you know, um, uh, the one thing I did mention before is, is that um, there's a really strong sort of religious community um, right. in Wichita Falls. And I, I think a lot of, um, of, of, a lot of the sort of determining, um, queer identity in places like uh, Wichita Falls and other smaller and medium-sized cities across the country is is related, right? Uh, and people right. have um, found community um, through the very thing that is often discriminatory, um, um, you know, often the vehicle to um, push discrimination onto them. Right. Um, I know for, for me, faith is so very important to me. Um, mm-hmm. And it always warms my heart, you know, every time I'm back home and I see that there is a thriving, sort of affirming, um, uh, you know, queer affirming religious community there, you know, which is has is the same for a lot of places around the country. Um, there aren't a lot of um, gay bars and things where people congregate. Um, so, you know, finding community in your own sort of special way is, is, is probably... Um, very um, much a, you know, pattern of, of life in places like Wichita Falls and in other places around the country. And, and, you know, it's hard for me to speak really to it, too, because um, I left Wichita Falls uh, when I was 18 to come to D.C. to go to college. And so every time I go back, you know, I, I think a lot of people probably feel this way. If you grew up one place and then you come back to it, um, you are looking at it from a different prism, <laughs> you, you know. Totally, it's totally. It's not the place that you came of age in. It's not the place that you became an adult in. Um, uh, but every time I go home, I still feel very much a part of that community and very it. much accepted. And, and, you know, I think my own journey... Um, I have uh, I have had friends who, uh, I, Facebook, social media, um, having a more interconnected world means that every time I go home, people are like, oh, I see what you're up to. We really love it. And, and I always have to remember to keep an open mind because I, I, I do think that, that people tend to keep an open mind um, mm. when you are looking for ways to unite people um, instead of the other way around. And I know that... Um, you know, I have friends that, um, have been very affirming and very accepting of me, um, even if we hadn't, hadn't spoken in years, right? And, Love it. It's, yeah. Uh, I, and
1: is, yeah. is, is Wichita falls close to Paris, Texas? Uh, Paris is close. Yeah, Paris is close. Um, I know, that's where, that's where Sandra, um, Hufa-Watley and, Melissa, and yeah. Melissa Edwards are from.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Paris is, uh, churning out, um, uh, 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 talent. <laughs> um, yes. and you know, and pairs are, uh, in the same part of the state. So yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. Okay. Great. So we have a segment. We start off quarantine and chill with some hot topics. Oh, that's hot. You mentioned James Baldwin. And aside from being an amazing, amazing writer, he also was a, um, an activist and, Right now, there's a lot of stuff happening in the country, um, and especially I think today, a lot of people are expressing anger about the um, murder of um, Ahmad. Um, I think I've saying his name right, I'm getting his last name right now, the, the black man who was jogging in Georgia. Um, and, I, and I'm curious your thoughts about what does protesting look like in a period where we're staying safe at home and socially distancing?
2: yeah you know I think that then um, you're seeing some of the challenges around something that's really affecting and a lot of people are bringing people together um, uh, as far as a rallying cry is that how do you have community and how do you exercise the, act, the activities around community when you when we are all supposed to stay away from each other and and to, and to remain safe um, and you know I, I think that Uh, A lot of activists and advocates are leaning heavily on social media, um, social service organizations that um, do work in the community, are hosting, you know, telethons and and virtual evenings and and roundtables. Even on the campaign, we've shifted to a virtual campaign trail to make sure that we are not only in getting um, you know political messages out, but finding ways to unite parts of our communities so that they can stay engaged the way that we all expect to stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, on Ahmad Arbery uh, in particular, um, I, and I think everybody's outraged. Obviously, I, and, and you know, uh, if you are a member of a marginalized community, um, you know too often the agency that people have when um, if they think they can get away with X, Y, or Z. Um, right. I know that Vice President Biden cares about this. He spoke out about it. Um,
1: Very importantly. You know,
2: yeah. And and it, it's, it is reprehensible um, to think that we have members of any of our communities feeling like the justice system won't um, deliver justice um, mm-hmm. if, something like that happened to any one of us um right and, and you know i think that we are at a crossroad in this country um and i think that people are um trying to reconcile what does it mean to come together and also fight for equitable systems and equality and you know uh um and fairness for all um there are a lot of thoughts and a lot of opinions but uh, you know, as any activist and advocate would point out, that's why it's so important to keep the keep the pressure on um, uh, on, on on the people who are at decision making tables. That's why it's so important to keep putting messages out there, keep bringing people bringing people to the table to have the conversation, right. so that we can start to figure out what's next um, and why. Even in the midst of a pandemic, while while we are trying to navigate that space and um you know figuring out ways to stay safe and keep our families safe and to, and to protect those around us we still have to remind ourselves that there are all these all these other issues aren't going to go away
1: right we they were there to, before and, and all coronavirus may have killed a lot but it has not killed those problems unfortunately that has actually made them yeah. more more apparent if anything So currently, you are—you um, have the important task of galvanizing the LGBT community to support Vice President Biden to take down that man in the White House and to um, bring back the America that we that really want to—we want to have. I want to talk more about that, but before that, what um, can you share more about your journey to this role?
2: Sure, absolutely. I um, have always seeing myself as someone that can, um, I mean, I love people. I love bringing people together. And I love the idea that government is a place in which you can create, uh, uh, you know, figuratively, you can create a table that includes everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, For the last um, five to six years, I have literally had engagement in my title. Um, (laughs) And I took that as a uh, point of pride uh, at, Victory Institute. I was the director of um, uh, constituent engagement where I, you know, tied LGBTQ elected officials and worked to connect LGBTQ elected officials to the rest of the movement and vice versa, so that people knew that we had a powerful network of LGBTQ elected officials who were fighting for us all across the country in cities like Wichita Falls, all the way up to the federal level. Um uh, uh, and, and getting them um, more activated in that process, and also training them to to take the skills that they've learned as activists and advocates and turn them into um, uh, uh, skills that they can use in government by serving right. in government, being right. appointed to of an office or running for office themselves. Um, especially young people, I always got fired up when I saw a young queer person say, "I'm going to do this." Right? This is I. Deserve a place at this table. I know a lot. I know how to make some good. Um, watching them run and win uh, is so exciting. Um, and then before that, I was in the Obama Biden administration where I worked at the U.S. Department of Transportation. Transportation isn't political. People have to get from point A to point B.
1: And it shouldn't be. Po- it shouldn't be political, but it often is.
2: <laughs> it often is. Right. Absolutely. Um, they have and everybody has to use transportation whether it is you know um, the transit system bus busing trains um, flying um, or walking but pedestrian right. um, um, bicycle infrastructures uh, have to be all of them have to be equitable enough to ensure that people are not only getting from point a to b but they're, they're doing it safely um and 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 they and that they have neighborhoods that are um uh, that connect them to opportunities uh, within their own in their own neighborhoods. Um, so I have always, again, I think the underlying message here is that I really care deeply about that the the government that we all deserve, um, which is something that includes us all. And mm-hmm. I know all those things are cliche, and I know a lot of people talk about inclusion and they talk about. Um, building equitable systems, and they talk about a government that, that um, uh, can be representative of all of us. But there is, there is, if you peel all that back, there is a way to do it. Um, and the way you do it is start is you start to value the lived experiences of everyone. And mm-hmm. you say, well, what's missing? What can we bring into this conversation so that we can have the types of conversations that we need to build the government that we deserve? And that first part is hard because yes. some of those conversations take time. Sometimes you don't have ties into certain parts of a community to be able mm-hmm. to have the conversation that you need to have. So, um, and, uh, and you don't know
1: what you don't know at you the same don't know time, time too. Absolutely. And so, 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 you can't. And one of the things that I appreciate about Vice President Biden is that um, he, from what I have experienced and what I see, I feel he has the humility to admit when. He doesn't know what he doesn't know and to be able to bring together a team and bring together people and voices to the table to be able to um, find the most possible find the, the best way forward
2: yeah he is he spent a lifetime of 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 bringing people surrounding himself by people who can help him do the best on any number of the issues that um, he wants to make change on Mm -hmm. Um, it is the reason why uh, if you go to slash lgbtq lgbtq um, you'll see a comprehensive lgbtq um, plan a plan to advance quality under a biden presidency that is the labor of love of a lot of lgbtq advocates and activists who have told the um, the Biden campaign, and uh, and and has you know told him throughout his career all the issues that he will need to you know fight for mm-hmm. as president. Um, and you were talking about sort of like this awesome awesome task that I have in galvanizing the LGBTQ voters. It's actually a very very much a privilege to me. Um, you know, I think about the the I think about bringing people into a shared vision for the future. Mm-hmm. And I think about all the LGBTQ people out there who are longing for, uh, longing to be included in a shared vision. Um, and that's exciting to me. And it's exciting to talk about you know, uh, passing the Equality Act and banning discrimination once and for all against LGBTQ people, it's exciting me to talk about rolling back all the negative policies that have been put in place to attack LGBTQ people or mm-hmm. reinstating protections for trans Americans and, and ensuring that they, that they can get the health care and access um, to services that they deserve or protecting LGBTQ or becoming a leader again around the world on LGBTQ right. issues. Right. Um, all that's within the plan. All that is something that the vice president deeply cares about. But got the Biden and the vice president also also did this as private citizens at, at, at the Biden Foundation. They made mm-hmm. LGBTQ equality, a pillar of the work that they did there. Um, they cared about it. um when I they know that. Vice president. Yeah. The as you are program, which is a program to to raise awareness around discrimination and harassment. Um, of of LGBTQU. That was a major program and initiative started in the LGBTQ pillar um within the Biden Foundation. And then before that, as vice president, um, all the advocacy that he took. I mean, yesterday was the eighth anniversary of his appearance on Meet the Press, where he came out and boldly proclaimed mm-hmm. his support for marriage equality. Um, and he was ahead of the curve. Um, uh, uh, um you know and and really thought about what it meant to go out there and say what he said uh, at that time. And, and those are the, those are the, uh, that's the Joe Biden that, um, you know, uh, that cares for us. And that's the Joe Biden that, you know, we're fighting to get in front of uh, all of the American people so so that they know who they're voting.
1: So, so your job to get Joe Biden in front of America is much more difficult now. You can't do the rallies. Um, people can't come to a campaign office. Typically around this time, there would be, you know, every other day, a huge rally somewhere. There'll be people, field offers across the country, setting up offices and getting volunteers and making phone calls and everything else. So how has how has this, this pandemic changed that?
2: Well, as I said before, we've shifted to a virtual campaign trail, right? So everything mm-hmm. um, everything has shifted online. But You know i do think it has allowed us to think creatively about how do you replicate the field offices and the rallies and the campaign stops and and the um pushing out of messages and the the fundraisers and 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 how do you get people involved in any facet of the campaign Mm -hmm. um uh, in a way that that uh is worthwhile right Uh, in a way that uh, while it may be done virtually, it still has the feel of something that you might have done in person. Right. Um, um Dr. Biden and the Vice President have started this week their virtual campaign stops. Mm-hmm. So they might not be physically going to Michigan, but they're they're talking to a diverse array of of Michiganders who they might have seen at a rally or at a at an in-person stop.
1: But what are like three things that someone who is LGBTQ who wants to be active and and helping the campaign, what are three things they can do from home right now?
2: So if you go to the, uh, JoeBiden.com and, and sign up there, uh, mm-hmm. you'll be able to sign up and then I can get your information on the back end and reach out to you that way. Um, and on the website, it gives you, uh, you know, um a few options of, of types of activities to get plugged in um, from phone banking to uh, hosting a, a virtual house party um, and to um, uh, getting plugged in and to learn about future events that are coming down the road. Um, you know, We are uh, only three weeks away from Pride, so we'll be rolling out a robust schedule for uh, Pride. Um, oh, yeah, so say more about that.
1: You have, can, can, you, can you give us a sneak preview? What are y'all going to do for Pride since all the prides have been canceled, basically? Yeah,
2: yeah not yet, unfortunately. Okay. But um, but just know that we are thinking about it. You know, it's two things, right? Pride is such an important season, it's not yes. just a month, it's a season. For our the state of mind,
1: community. darling. The state of mind. It's a state of <laughs> yes. mind. It's a, state of mind. <laughs> yes. it's a
2: season um so you know we're really thinking about activities in which not only people can feel connected to their their friends and chosen family and the people that they typically celebrate pride with um um but also ways to uh, um get them hope you know just mm-hmm. that we're all going to get through this together and we're going to be a stronger and more united family coming out of this and also to Make sure they stay up to date on all the things that are going to be shifting over the next several months as it relates right. to the election. Um, so I, have a, because, you know,
1: I have a, I have a, I have a, yeah. a little more, a little more of a difficult question for you. Yeah, um, I've been having lots of conversations with um, friends of mine who supported other candidates during the primary. and they always start off with, "Yes, I'll vote for Biden." He wasn't, uh, no, no. They'll, they'll say like, "Biden wasn't my favorite, and he has flaws, but I'll vote for him." And I keep saying, okay, that's fine and all, but you need to not have that attitude. Um, Because in my view, we need to have the enthusiasm um, for the campaign to be able to go out there and volunteer and do the thing that you're saying. So my question to you is, what have you been saying to folks, like some of my friends I just mentioned, um, who may have supported another candidate, um, but now you're seeking to get them into the Biden campaign?
2: So I I think the answer there is simple, actually. We've been listening. Um, I think that the uh, primary season was full of a lot of talented candidates running who had a lot of great plans for our community. Um, And uh, it is important that we move into the general election uh, understanding that we are a coalition of voters um, mm-hmm. and that LGBTQ voters are a coalition within a coalition. Um, if you think of it that way, it makes it makes it more exciting to be able to have the, the kinds of conversations that we have to have um, mm-hmm. to become united. I mean, Unity isn't about telling people to be united, it's about making people uh, or sharing with people that they have a place at the table and that that their voice matters and that their um their their beliefs and values matter um because at the end of the day i think we'll all come to an understanding that we we agree more than we disagree right Um, And that going into a shared vision for the future means that you know when, when we get joe biden elected president and we're able to um, and we're able to watch him walk, in, walk into the White House as President of the United States, we're walking into that White House with him. Because um, we've done the work throughout this campaign to ensure that you know whether you are gay, lesbian, trans, bi, queer, um, no matter where you come from, um, no matter your background, uh, if you are a youth um, uh, it, it, who's experienced conversion therapy, um, or had had a tough time reconciling who you are with how society sees you. To um, an LGBTQ elder who is thinking about um, what has it meant, or what does it mean to be plugged in um, uh, or have access to the the services that one needs right now? That you understand that this administration is going to be fighting for you because you've heard it, you've seen it, you've seen yourself reflected in the. Um, the, uh, not only the plans that we have um, um, as a campaign around equality, but you've seen yourself reflected in the rhetoric that the vice president on down to myself um, um, is, is, is is are using.
0: Hey there, citizens. Can you do us a solid? Can you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform or as many as you want? And give us a five-star rating. That would really help. Love you dearly. Smoochies.
1: So you, you shared earlier that um, you um, have a disability, and I'm curious if you'd be willing to either share a little bit about that, but also how you think people with disabilities are faring during this pandemic and the stay at home orders.
2: Yeah, um, uh, that's a very good question. I, so my disability is um, he, uh, hemofacial microsoma. Um It is in the same family as-
0: Wait, say it one more time, please.
2: Uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Hemifacial Microsoma and uh, is in the same. um, So, it's in the Microtia family uh, uh, of disabilities, um, and it's in the same larger family as um, folks who have cleft lip or or palate. Um, And and, you know, I think for me, I I had eighteen surgeries of the first sixteen years of my life, Um, and it was um, you know as difficult as it was to deal with. Personally, I was surrounded by um, uh, you know friends and family, um, including wonderful parents, my mom and dad, um, and, and it's part of the reason why I love Wichita Falls so much. Um, neighbors and church members, etc., mm-hmm. who were there to, um, um, as I uh, said to Doctor Biden last week, um, that they made me realize that I didn't have to be defined by this. That your disability doesn't define you. Um, nothing defines you unless you want it to, um, that you are in reality, a collection of a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. and we are all, we are all complex enough, um, to often not even acknowledge or celebrate our own complexities. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think have tried to live a life in which, um, I have uh, tried to return to understanding that I'm a very complex person. And um, mm-hmm. that there are all these different things that are working in my life, my life um, um, that I should take the time to understand and to celebrate. Right, right. Um, so, you know, um, it's part of the reason why I become extremely extroverted. It's, it's, oh, you know, um, what I was going to say earlier is that like in high school, I was always trying to put myself into um, um, positions where I was serving, right. I was student body president for all four years in high school. All four years.
0: President. Okay. Okay. Check you out. So,
2: <laughs> in college, I decided to, um, um, <laughs> in college, I decided to um, also get involved in, in and, and, and I think that uh, that was my way of, not only w- because i wanted to serve i mean that was the overriding um desire but also it was a way of stepping out of my shell and and, in remembering that um uh life is so much better when you uh, you know, live in in and that you step outside of your shell uh so you know i i my heart goes out to everyone right now cuz you know it's hard to um it's hard to pin down um what people should do uh, if they're feeling down um, now that, we ha- that we're all having to stay quarantined and stay away from each other. Um, and I, I certainly myself missed the interaction, the person-to-person interaction I have with friends and family. And even the campaign trail is, I think, one of the main, main um, exciting parts of any campaign is being out there and talking to uh, people face to face about your candidate, um, and I would love more than anything to like be face to face with people and share with them what I what I know Vice President Biden will do as president for our community. Um, so um, uh, you know, I I think that I, my advice to people with anyone with a disability is the same actually to anyone, um, which is uh, I would try to do your best to reach out to those around you stay connected however you can have the small um the small like uh conversations that um you might have uh you might be missing right now right i, I think that people are finding themselves like busy in, in a work sense or maybe busy in, a, um, in other in other ways um but they're uh they may not be reaching out to all their loved ones um Right. or they may be doing that right or they may be doing that and I think that if, if people have I think that this is reminding me that there were artificial barriers um, around me and there were artificial barriers in my life that 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 have been broken down because of this I've been reaching out to more people and and having more conversations with uh, people or friends and family you know whenever, whenever I can get that in right because um, um, you know all of this is really, I have such a busy schedule, but um, trying to find time to reach out to people. Um, it's so it's
1: really
2: powerful to me. It is essential. It really is.
1: And one thing its funny, as you were talking, I was remember, I think when I first met you, we were at a bar and it was very social. I was like, can reach out. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I, I said, we'll be back there. We'll be back again. Yes. We'll be yes. I can community again. <laughs> um, Celebrating the celebrating Joe Biden's victory, and, and, right. hopefully, and hopefully Donald Trump going to prison. That's what I hope. <laughs> you you don't have we, to say it, but I'm but I'm saying it. Yeah. Uh,
2: we we have to we have to get our government back in the hands of people who aren't corrupt, yes. who aren't yes. incompetent, yes. who demonstrate leadership, who won't ignore people. Um, the American people have been ignored for far too long. The issues that are being ignored um, um, from immigration to LGBTQ equality, to trans issues, um, to issues impacting the black community, to issues impacting farmers and veterans, um, medical professionals, um, teachers. And all the, the the ways in which teachers have had to rise up because, they're you know, um, people aren't, uh, their government isn't listening to them we all deserve a government that matters a government that 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 knows we matter um and i think we can get there and and, and yeah absolutely agree. we'll get there
1: we will get there so on a different note um we have a segment called what would you do where i give you a scenario and ask you what would you do are you ready okay.
2: yeah
1: so you mentioned a lot of virtual organizing that you happen to do these days in this scenario you're on a Zoom call and you think you have a Zoom bomber, but you're not sure. What would you do? Well, that's a good question.
2: Well, for, for me, I'm always checking to make sure that whoever's involved in any one of our events. Um, um it is, is uh, feel safe and included, right? So I'm always trying to check the the around the edges to make sure no one's included and no one's in there that shouldn't be there. Um mm-hmm. but I, I you know I also have some wonderful volunteers who are also helping to make sure some of these events are going off without a hitch. I would actually confer with them first to make sure that, like what we what we see is what I see is what they see. Right. Um I know on Zoom and a few other um, virtual platforms uh, that allow people to come in for meetings, there are ways of like locking rooms or pushing people out. Um, um, but I certainly want to err on the side of caution. I think if they were a legitimate participant, I think they would let us know that they got it. They, they were expelled or pushed out wrongfully. Yeah. Right.
1: Um,
2: but yeah, you know, I think that protecting people especially when all of our engagement now has, you know, is now online, um, is, is uh, I think important for all of us. Um, I, I, would, I would certainly err on the side of caution in that, in that scenario.
1: No, like, like, I think it's definitely something that we're now all having to grapple with, not just on campaign trails, but in general. I and mean, we've all, we're all kind of, Zoom, Zoom is the one that's kind of most popular because it's, it's very easy to use, but people are using all kinds of platforms And we're not fully aware of all the security risks. I know I I heard a a friend of mine posted how he was on a call where there were, it was mostly older people on the call. He just happened to be the youngest person, like by far, who was supposed to be on the call. And he logged in a little bit late. And when he logged in, people assumed he was a Zoom bomber. And And then it canceled the call. Like they 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 um, ended the meeting now, like, immediately but like, oh no not today end
2: <laughs> yeah um uh, well and, and a lot of this is a sociological experiment right because like if, if this were an in-person meeting um you know people may have felt people in their mind may have been thinking one thing but they all couldn't have gotten up together to run out of the room right no <laughs> exactly
1: exactly so
2: this provided them a cover to be like I, I'm gone, <laughs> we're all gone, you know. Right. Um. So yeah, I I think that also I was gonna say that it's really important to find um a, a, a organizing organizing matters on the front end. I, I believe that if you if you um spend the time organizing whatever it is that you want um uh, uh you know to do. On the front end, that on the back end, everything is a little runs a little bit more smoother. It's and, so
1: true,
2: so true. And so I, you know, making sure that all your participants know the rule, they know rules of the road, or they have a um um that they they know what the expectations are when they're coming to a virtual meeting or what to expect. Say, hey, this is going to happen. I know Zoom has this really cool feature where you can break out into chat rooms.
1: Yeah, with, yeah.
2: Uh, cool tool that I wish a lot of people would use more so you can come into a bigger Engagement, but then the host can say okay. Well, you know um, Vincent Reggie and a few other folks you all can go to the smaller chat room so you actually have a real conversation with one another? Um, and then come back to the larger room and you know to Continue down to continue doing whatever it is the larger whatever it is. You're you've been convened mm-hmm. for right? um So, you know, I think as long as people understand the expectations, maybe, maybe they should have, uh, um, uh, to your friend's scenario, uh, (laughs) issue. they could have said, like, we're going to have mostly uh, folks, um, we're going to have mostly folks here who come from this community, but we might have a few other participants who come from this part of our community. And so, just be welcoming to everyone and have a good time, you know? Exactly,
1: exactly.
0: Citizens, what would you do in this scenario? We want to know. Go to the Quarantine and Chill podcast page on Instagram and take part in our poll in the story. Or even post a response in your own story. Make sure to add us or to tag us and we will share it.
1: So when this is all over, um, when the zombie apocalypse is over, when um, you have helped to elect Joe Biden to be president, where do you want to go travel to? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, that's a great question.
2: So, uh, so can I have a domestic answer and you,
1: a, you, can, have, you can have whatever uh, answer you whatever
2: answer you want to have. Okay, I have multiple answers. Okay, so first answer is home. Aww. I think heading back to Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of family in the Fort Worth, Dallas area as well. Um, so I think going home knowing that I can go home safely and not putting anyone yeah. at risk. I think that's probably a lot of people right now is, is understanding when they can actually travel to see family and friends. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, if they don't live close to them and I don't live close to mine. So I, I think that that, that would be the first place.
1: Um, I live close to mine and I'm having the same quandary. <laughs> yeah.
2: So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, I am a huge fan of tropical places, so um, perhaps where you—no, well, not that—not um, that Los Angeles is tropical uh, per se, but like, I would love yeah. to visit Los Angeles. <laughs> I would love to visit Miami. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as as far as like a, a, just a different a, a U.S. spot to visit. I also have um, uh, a friend I would like to visit in Salt Lake City. We've been talking about that, and so um, so. There are three more answers there for you. And then the last <laughs> one is that the back of the Canadian international spot. Um, I love London and I would love to visit London um, when this is all over um, and to do that whole excursion again.
1: You know, I've, I've, it's funny, London, I've, London was one of my first trips, but it was just so expensive and I had no money. So I didn't get to experience it the way that I would, would want to. So I I need to put London back on my list because I need to really experience London and really like get the whole experience. I mean, I love history. Um, I've been because of the crown. I've been fascinated by the royalty and like all that stuff. Like, like so, I've been watching all of these um, like the um, was it the Queen with um, I forget the actress who played the Queen. I watched um, like the Mary Queen of Scots. Like all these like historical dramas. Yes, Helen, Helen Mirren, uh, I also, love
2: Helen Mirren.
1: But there's also the one before, like I a mean, long time ago, with um Kate with uh, well, the not Kate. Uh, Kate Blanchett,
2: Blanchett. Um, Blanchett. Kate, Kate
1: Blanchett. Yeah. And then, and I and like, and I'm just fascinated by how you have these British monarchy who basically are all German, but then there's like this French aspect to it. And I'm like, how did that all happen? You know? And I'm just, I'm just, I'm fascinated by it all.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one of the many topics I'm fascinated by as well. And, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I love, I love the crown. I think it's a great, great show. Um, mm-hmm. and love Claire Foy, um, mm-hmm. uh, who played the original in the, um, first two seasons. Um, uh, and I love the, the, the newest, um, actress who plays the current queen in the current series. um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think that London um, for me, you know, I, I also love history. So traveling anywhere where I'm able to experience a little bit of the culture and learn about um, some of the history um, uh, is always a lot of fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, I grew up an only child, and so I read a lot, um, and I. Um, fell in love with history uh, really early on. It's um, part of the reason why I love American history. Um, I loved learning about um, Civil War and, and, and you know the history of Black people in America, um, which is among the many topics. I just, I yeah. would just spend like two or three more hours just talking hours. about Hours. Well,
1: yeah. here's a, if you like American history, especially Black American history, have you ever read the book um, called um, Warmth, The Warmth of Other Suns? Like sons, suns S U N S.
2: I haven't, I haven't, um, but I do. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I sure have. Yeah.
1: It's a it's an amazing book. amazing book. It's a it's, it's not a small book. Not a, not it's not a small read. But yeah. it, it's a yeah. great job of really talking about how the black migration out of the south um, really transformed America. Um, it's something that when well, no, I've always heard about the the Great Migration, but never really heard about it and great detail. And it really tells you a lot about like, these are great detail, um, but also it, it uses like three real people to really give some, um, make it more of a human scale for, yeah. like, uh, for the patterns of folks. And one person that they followed before she died, she was able to meet Barack Obama uh, while he was on the campaign trail in Chicago. Um, you know, so it was like, it was just so I can imagine like the, um,
2: well, right? yeah.
1: her, yeah. So that, that moment for her, she didn't get to live and to see him become president. Um, but she lived to see that a black man was running for president. So that was an amazing point before I let you go, where can people find, um, you, um, either you personally, or you within a campaign, like on the socials or online or wherever else.
2: Yeah, I um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Um, so handles r w greer r w g r e e r. Would love to get a follow from everyone. Um, I, I do. A, I try to do a good job of keeping everyone updated uh, that way on social media. Um, and then uh, again, if you go to joebiden.com, uh, slash LGBTQ um, and, and sign up through the website there. Um, grab your email address and uh, add you to our listserv, which we keep people updated on what's happening LGBTQ plus related um, um, from now until November, um, because you know, we're gonna continue to build some momentum around our community um, and bring people in so that we can have a very robust and amazingly diverse coalition. Surrounding Vice President Biden as he takes on Donald Trump this November.
1: All right. Uh, my last question for you—it's a little it's better than what I, I typically ask for a last question—but what is one thing that you have enjoyed from Pride's past that you hope will become a part of the virtual Pride that we're going to be seeing a lot over the next over the next few months?
2: The best part about Pride is the um randomness of it and the yes spontane- i love that <laughs> and the spontaneity that feels it um there are people that you might that might be in your community um who you might even consider part of your chosen family um and are excited to see um um whenever you see them but you, but pride tends to bring us all together in ways that uh, that is so familial and so random and so fun um that uh you can't rep- you may not be able to replicate that throughout the year um that's what made that it there's always this like sense that that uh, uh you know people are exhausted when june ends or whenever Pride <laughs> yeah. ends. Yeah. But, oh, <laughs> i can't do another thing privately i'm done you know but I think that people really love it. and mm-hmm. They love it, I think, because it's, it, it is um, your full, your heart is full, your soul is mm-hmm. full, because you've been able to connect with all the people that have helped you um, experience life in a very loving and affirming and fun way. You, you have celebrated with them. You um, found yourself being emotional with them um and these are friends chosen family family even um i myself have a a queer cousin um uh, who's also a priest you know and oh yeah and, and 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 for us and for um my cousin and i we um every year are able to talk about how much we've grown into our own lgbtq identities and I'm able to have those same conversations with friends and with family um, and and, uh, and with chosen family. So, you know, I think as we started to think about virtual prize, I, I, you know, I, I think my challenge to us, a challenge to anyone is how do you bring people in with um, uh, that and replicate some of that um, knowing that it's not going to be the same, but how do you bring people close to their chosen family in a way that's when, in a way that's worthwhile and substantive um, and not just ch- checking a box. Um, right. And... I, I love that. That's that's challenging. I get it. I totally get it. it it's um, a super <laughs> but,
1: challenge. Yeah. But that, that's,
2: that, there's my hope. I hope that people can walk away from pride wherever they may live and, um, um, you know, in whoever they are full and happy as they might have been in any other year.
1: Yeah, and I love that, especially. I love how you talk about the the randomness of it all because it's true. You'll be walking along that probably, and you'll say, "Oh, hey, I haven't seen you yeah. in however long," or yeah. or it's like, and you live in the same years. city, right? Yeah, you live exactly. in the same exactly. city. exactly. Or you'll find out, oh, this person is into leather, or this person, um, yeah. or you find somebody who ends up like being your your um your your lover for the weekend or whatever else. And it's like it's randomness, and it makes it amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, this was great. So, you know, I definitely plan to be very active in helping to get um, Joe Biden elected president. Um, and um, I will be very supportive of your efforts. And um, thank you for your time to talk to us today. let learn more about you, the person, and what you're doing for the campaign. Thank um, you. And it's, still, it's good to see you. you. Likewise. And until tomorrow, everyone, this is Vincent Jones with Quarantine and Chill.
0: Wash your hands. Gracias. Toda oba. Xie xie ni. Obrigado. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Quarantine and Chill, a creation of yours truly, Vincent Jones and Citizen Jones Travel. Much love to the amazing Vince Salk, who produces, edits, and makes all the music for the podcast. If you love this episode, please like and leave positive comments on the podcast platform of your choice. You have no idea how much that helps us. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where you can learn more about today's guests and get any resources mentioned in the conversation, as well as connect with other citizens in the Quarantine and Chill community. Until tomorrow, this is Vincent Jones reminding you to wash your hands. Chill.